Good morning. Good morning. Would you pray with me, please? O Lord, would the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Amen. If you have your Bibles, please open them to to Luke 17. We'll get there in in a minute. Luke 17. The topic that Steve asked me to, to speak on today was enjoying His grace. Uh, we have a phrase here at, at Rock Valley, enjoying His grace and extending His glory. And uh, I'm, he's asked me to st- speak about the first part, and Phil will talk about extending His glory. And as I thought about extending or enjoying His grace, I thought, well, you just, you just enjoy His grace. I mean, what, what is there to speak, of, speak about? And then I thought about it more. I'm like, well... What does that look like? How do, you, how do you do that? In fact, I think there's a real danger because I think some Christians, I know the danger for me and, and other Christians, can be you can make this academic or this mental ascent and you can understand the doctrines of what we call grace. And yet, there's very little or no enjoyment of the, that grace at all. Or on the opposite, there's people who aren't even Christians, don't profess to be Christians, and yet can ex- enjoy the common grace of God. And if you're here and you're not a believer, or you, and um, whether you enjoy Him or not, you're enjoying His grace. The fact that you can listen, the fact that we can sing, that we can be outside, skiing, skating, whatever. All those things are God's common grace. Anything that is good and right. So what do we mean by enjoying His grace? It means... Something more than that. It's the saving grace of God. We say we have been saved by grace alone, in faith, through faith alone, in Christ alone. It's the, 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 the gospel that Christ came down in the form of a babe as we celebrated last month, lived a perfect life, a life that we could never fulfill in our own. He died the death in our place and raised again and seated on the right hand of God. And so in that we're able to have His righteousness. We're able to enjoy that saving grace. And I think it's also important that we think about this because we don't really very often understand that grace. We have this distorted or this rationalized view of, of our sin. We don't think we're nearly as bad as we, we are. or We think we can earn or kind of pay back what God has done for us. I thought about maybe... Maybe if you're a parent, there's the we think of God's grace like this. And if you're a parent and you, you just want to extend your grace and show how much you love one of your children. And so you go to the store without him knowing or her knowing, and you pick out this gift that they've, they've always wanted you know, for, for months and months. And maybe it's a yo-yo, maybe it's a bracelet, whatever. You know, it, it could be any type of toy or gift. And they go and they, you go and their favorite color is blue. So you go and get this blue object and you bring it home and you give it to them. And the look on their face is, oh man, I really wanted the red one. You know, you're like, you little stinker. I want to, you know, you want to take it back from them. You don't, you don't want to uh, extend that grace to them anymore. But God's grace is not like that, is it? It's that unconditional grace. That regardless of our reaction, regardless of how we act towards Him, He continues to extend that grace to us. So today I want to think about how do we, what is enjoying His grace? What does that look like? 
Or how do you know if you're enjoying it? Maybe is a better way to ask. Today I want to look at two, two men. They both experienced God's grace in a powerful way. And they were both lepers. So let's start in verse 11 of, of chapter 17. It says this. I have to stay here. We'll see how standing right here works. Um, Luke, Luke 17, 11, it says this. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now just a little bit of background. If if you know anything about lepers, there's two long chapters in Leviticus. Leviticus 13 and Leviticus 14. Talking about what happens when somebody appears to have leprosy. It was a different form of leprosy than now. There was a, a long incubation time. And so you would go to the, to the priest, and the priest, it could be over a period of, of two weeks, you would have to go, and then uh, there, there was all these different steps. But you could either be declared by the priest at any time as being unclean, or being one with leprosy, any number of different skin diseases. And the priest would, would evaluate and the priest would render that person to be clean or unclean. What was interesting is the, that they would then have to go outside of the, of the city and call themselves unclean. And uh, many Bible scholars now would say it's not necessarily because people thought that it could be contagious because it was, took over a long period of time to, to develop. And so um, it wasn't really that they had to go outside or people didn't think it was contagious. It was more of a fact of a cleanliness issue. They had to go outside because they weren't clean. Or worse, sometimes people thought, the Jews thought it was a judgment. A judgment that God had placed on them. And it it makes sense if you think about many examples in the Old Testament of where people as as a form of judgment were given leprosy, such as Miriam. And so we see that that um, these ten were outside of the city. And so Jesus is telling them to go as, as the, the Levitical law to go back to show yourself to the priest. And we see as they went, all, the, all of them were healed. And so leprosy was this, this exile, this, this outcast. So you, were, you, you experienced exclusion from your family, exclusion from society, exclusion from financial means of, of making a living. Exclusion on all fronts. And here is Jesus, and he heals these ten. And, what Jesus, and, he, and one is healed. And Luke has this interesting comment. I don't know if you caught it. It's a favorite phrase of his. In verse 15 it says, He came back praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face. So he's praising God in a loud voice. 
And Jesus' response is, where are the other nine? And many times, I don't know if you've heard people talk about this text, they say, well, the other nine weren't thankful. And I would argue, well, I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I mean, wouldn't some of them have been thankful? I mean, if, imagine the exclusion that you've experienced, the, the uncleanliness that you've, and the rejection of all of society that you've experienced. Wouldn't you be thankful at some, some point? Maybe one of them wasn't thankful. They said, you know, I, I, God owes me to, to be healed. But I think many of the others were thankful. I think maybe some of them just were so excited they wanted to go back to their family. Or maybe they were just simply obeying what God said. Didn't he say, go, to, go and show yourself to the priest? So they're just following. I think there's something more going on here. I think he came back. And what did he do? He was praising God. See, I think the difference between this one and these other 99, these other nine, were that he expressed and he gave God his gratitude. He wasn't just silent. He was the one that said, God, you are the one who gave me all these things. And isn't it interesting, another phrase that Luke throws in there in verse 16, he was a Samaritan. He understood how outcast and how low he had been. He was the lowest of the low and how much he had been saved from. How undeserving he was of this salvation. And so I think that's the difference. It wasn't necessarily a thankfulness. It was an expression and a giving God a gratitude for what he had done. Now if you would, the second text, real quickly. Luke 5. Go back to Luke 5. Just a couple, back a couple chapters. Verse 12. Verse 12, the second man says this. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. He being Jesus. Not, not full of leprosy. <laughs> he being coming to one of the cities. And a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one. But, again, go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now even more the report about him went about abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed by their infirmities. But he would withdraw to a desolate places and pray. Mark 1 gives the same text. And what's interesting, Mark fills in a little bit of the gap and because he says this of why Jesus could not go to all the other cities. It says this in verse 45. When Jesus says, go and tell nobody, he said, but he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the town. Do you notice that there's, these two men did something that was similar? They were both healed. But do you notice that they didn't immediately listen to Jesus? He was so overwhelmed. Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest. But he didn't. He was so overcome that he goes and he tells everybody because he experienced the undeserving grace of God. He was so transformed and renewed, so improved that he didn't even follow the customs that he was supposed to do. So I ask you, how do you know if you've enjoyed his grace? The first leper, he praised God. If you are a Christian, do you think how helpless you are without Christ? 
Are you a thankful person simply, or do you glorify God in a loud voice for what He has done? Do you recognize Him as the author of all your good things? You might say, well, yeah, it's easy for that guy. You know, he was the lowest of the low. He was the outcast, and the Lord supernaturally healed him. Well, it's easy for him to go and do those things. But I'm going through some dark days. Life isn't good. But hasn't God still been good? Just in extending His grace to you? Let me remind you again of what God has done. A quote from A.B. Simpson. He says this, If we are in Christ, we are accepted by our Father. It is not merely that the judge takes a pen and blots out our sins, nor even that the banker takes the pen and writes in our book an infinite credit. But the Father throws His arms around His child and takes Him into Christ's very place. It is not a millionaire making the tramp rich but a father taking the prodigal into his bosom and making him accepted in the son of his love. That is what it is meant by being in Christ. Sin canceled, righteousness given, and we loved even as he is loved. A, qu- a quote from Nancy Lee DeMoss, a book that Maggie is re- reading. She says this, is the gratitude that flows out of your life as abundant as the grace that flows into it? There's a there's a song I'm playing on the radio, breathing in His grace, breathing out His praise. Is that true of you, regardless of your situations? He has called us sons and daughters. And the second one, he was so overwhelmed, he didn't even immediately listen to God and go show himself to the priest. He told everybody else. He was so transformed that he couldn't help but tell everybody else. He wouldn't imagine being guilted into sharing because he couldn't help it. It was just a natural overflow of what he had. So I say today, that's why we're here today, isn't it? That's why we're here every week, to enjoy his grace. And how do we do that? By praising God, glorifying God for what he has done for us and praising him to others, helping others see that he is altogether lovely and going out from this place and showing others of the grace that God has given to us.